I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way. No way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible. This is ridiculous. This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible murder. What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch this. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Wrap for round 16 of the NRL, or as us super coaches commonly refer to it, the second big buy round. So just five games to review this week, but... Given the statistics uh, that are out there, it's well and truly uh, a moving round for those that could uh, post a score for Supercoach. So SC Playbooks adds the Rusi reported on average Supercoach teams had 11 players prior to trades this week. So everyone got three trades. So you imagine they'd go close to getting their 13. But he also said that out of the top 100, 11 were short even if they used a boost. So that's pretty big for those 11. Another 10 would have needed a boost just to get to 13 players. So whether they had one left or not, who knows. And out of the top 1,000, 9% were short, even if they used a boost, and another 11% needed a boost to have 13 players. So it gives you a bit of an indication that around about 20% of those top players even though they're right up there, uh, we're struggling to field 13 this week. Uh, yeah, so what does it all mean? It just means, well, if you went okay this round, there's a chance that you might be seeing green arrows. You might be catching up on the leaders. So let's have a look at the games. Okay, Friday night, Cowboys versus Panthers in Townsville, and the Cowboys took it out, winning an extra time, 27 points to 23. And, yeah, really good win for the Cowboys, uh, they just looked like they were gone sort of early in that second half and came through with the win there. Drinkwater was really good for them, obviously. They have a pretty decent run home um, and they probably look a threat to sneak into the eight, to be honest with you. I, I canned them earlier in the year, but they've sparked up since then. This was the best that I've probably seen them look, even though they were missing a couple of origin players. They did play, obviously, great against the Melbourne Storm, but the Storm were really down in that game as, as well. But I was just, uh, yeah, impressed with 
probably some of the forwards and getting Tamalolo back, I thought they looked really good in the middle there. Uh, still, like, if you have a look at the game, the Panthers were playing without six of their front-line players, which makes a huge difference. And, and you know, a lot of them in key positions, you know, not having their 6, 7 and 13 there and their strike edge back rower is pretty huge. So there's no dramas there for the Panthers. They just, uh, yeah, like I said, it was it was fortuitous for the Cowboys to get the Panthers in this situation. Uh, and for the Panthers, well, they're always going to have this problem when they've got so many players representing during origin time. So the Cowboys, just have a look at next week. Cowboys have the Rabbitohs, which depending on the fitness of Latrell and Cody could be really good for the Cowboys or could be really bad, I'd say. So, yeah, stay tuned there. Um, and the Panthers, the Panthers have the Knights uh, in Penrith, so they'll be looking to get back on track after Origin. So having a look at a few of the scores, Tungo, two tries, 91 points. Super coach, so uh, good effort. He can do that. He can go on a run. So if you like, uh, if you like him to go on a bit of a run, he might be a player that you could bring in as a pod in your center wing. Scotty Drinkwater, ninety five. He's playing really well. Can't knock him. You know, comes up with the big plays in the big games. But yeah, he's very risky. I'd say with the current options that you've got there. Uh, in in the fullback position, you know, Latrell possibly coming back, Turbo, Teddy, Walsh, Gutho, Ponga, it's pretty stacked, and I'd be avoiding Scotty Drinkwater unless you had a really strong sense that the Cowboys were going to go on a huge run and start racking up some scores. Uh, Dylan Edwards, 77, solid, but again, you have a pretty stacked fullback. I've just gone through that. Uh, Lindsey Smith, 70, great. Performance there if you grabbed him for the one round, but he probably regresses. I mean, Leota was out uh, after the birth of his child, I think, and and Yo will return after New South Wales duties. Tamalolo. This piqued my interest a little bit, Jason Tamalolo. So he got a 69 after updates. He's going to be priced around 475K uh, after lockout, and Jay Schubert predicts he'll have a break even of around that 50 mark. He looked really good. He's been out for a while. We know that he's got some pedigree in Supercoach, so could he be a bit of a pod? He's only available as a second-row forward. So he's one that I'm putting into the black book to keep an eye on. He might be a bit of a luxury trade, but, yeah, just keep an eye on Lolo. Zach Hosking, 55. Ah, it's solid, but he's really lacked those attacking points that we thought might come when he was running those really good lines at Brisbane last year and, and then he was running off uh, off Cleary, but it just hasn't come to fruition for him. Sonny Luke, only really relevant because we're stuck with him. Uh, 22 points, how can we get him out of our team? So many people are just stuck with him in that second hooker position. But at the moment, I mean, as long as Grant backs up from State of Origin, I'm just going to play with my one hooker and just see how I go because, uh, yeah, even though he's a bit of an AE nightmare, I'm just backing myself to nail my captains, hopefully. Okay, first Super Saturday game, the Knights take it on the Roosters at Newcastle. Roosters sort of gutted out uh, an 18-16 win, but from the other side of it, I think if you're a Knights fan, they blew it really. Uh 
they the Knights dominated a lot of this game, particularly the second half, and you sort of walked away wondering how they didn't win it. They attacked really, really, almost to the point of carelessly for a lot of the game, and then it got to the last 10 minutes and they tightened up, whereas you felt like if they had kept shifting the ball as much as they did during the game, then probably chances were they were going to skin the, the Roosters. But credit to the Roosters, they gritted out that win, and it's a big win for them, and it's a huge loss for the Knights. So I think the biggest question out of this game that seems to come every year is is Joey Manu. Like, is he just wasting his career in the centre at the Roosters? Uh, he's just such a dominant player at fullback and you feel like he could go to another club and just get paid massive money and be a great fullback. I know the Warriors tried to tried really hard, offered him some huge money to bring him over when his contract was up last, but, yeah, he, he decided to stay at the Roosters. But I don't know, he just seems like... He, he's so wasted out there. I mean, he's he's a different style of fullback in the fact that he's just a high-volume fullback, probably a bit more like a Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Um, so that's probably why the Warriors did want him because he would have fitted into that mould. He's not so much of a, a creator but just high volume of runs and, you know, helps get the two runs in a set and all that sort of stuff and good tackle break ability, very, very strong. But, yeah, I mean, he, he delivered again. For super coaches that brought him in, uh, or that have him sitting there in the centres, I don't know. I was tossing up between him and Gutherson, and Desi Creek uh, convinced me to go Gutho, and I'm pretty happy with that decision. Obviously, Gutho got 132, uh, but Manu with 117, you'd be equally as happy with. But what clinched it for me when I was thinking about it after Desi's advice was. What are his scores going to be like going forward? I mean, Tedesco comes back into the side and plays fullback. Um, that's what's likely to happen. So I imagine his scores just regress to what they have been as a centre wing. And I don't really feel like even that was a good gutty win for the Roosters, I don't really feel like they've turned the corner. There's some injury issues there with the cheese and I'm not sure what's happening with Sam Walker and now Kiri's broken his jaw. So... That's not really going to help their try scoring ability, and you know, the, hence that's going to have a, a flow on effect to you know a center's super coach scoring ability. So, yeah, I'm not too unhappy that I didn't grab Manu. Of course, his points would have been great this weekend, but we'll see how he goes moving forward. He's usually pretty solid. Uh, Ponga just looks back to his brilliant best, uh, he can do it against most teams. I don't want to say any team because they're coming up against the Penrith Panthers this weekend. So I wouldn't say he could he can do it against every team, but he's almost that foolproof player that can do it against almost any team. It'll be interesting to see how he goes this week. I've got him in there. I had him at fullback, then moved him up to 5'8 to accommodate Gutho. Uh, and I actually played him as my VC because I thought he might have um, put on a bit of a score in a day game versus the Roosters, and I feel like it was... Yeah, sometimes they use him as a decoy too much, whereas just getting him the ball, getting him clean ball out the back is just way, way more effective. But they seem to hit the front man a lot and, like, they'll set up shape with him out the back and then they try to sort of do that, do the bluff where instead of everyone thinks they're going to go to Ponga, but then they hit the front man. Uh, and, yeah, that probably comes back to a bit of inexperience from their dummy half in 
um, Phoenix Croslin. So let's have a look at a few of the scores. Uh, Ponga, 95. Yeah, like he, you have to give him serious consideration on the run home in a stacked position. Obviously, no origin is helpful. Gagai, 80, just keeps delivering. Elite scores in the center wing position. I mean, he's 625K, so you've effectively you've paid up for him if you've got him, but, I mean, you'd have to be happy with what he's doing. I mean, he's tossing up these great scores week in, week out. So, yeah, if you've got Gago, Gago, well done to you. Dylan Lucas, 68, which was sort of an eyebrow raiser. I've been keeping an eye on him. He looks fairly good. He hasn't posted massive scores for the first two games that he had, but is he a pot- potential sneaky cheapy? Does he keep his spot? I'd say he probably loses his spot. I mean, Fitzgibbon's back there, and you've also got Frizzell. He'll come back from Origins, so probably not, but one to put in the black book for maybe next year. Uh, Billy Smith, 38. Yeah, Billy. Ah, uh, Billy, Billy, Billy. He was a mistake. He was a mistake, a classic super coach mistake that many of us made, and I'll put my hand up and say that I made it too. He needs to be traded out as soon as you can. It's probably not a massive priority, but for me, I just want to get him out of the side. Um, yeah, so looking at next week, Knights have the Panthers, as we mentioned before, Penrith, so it doesn't come much tougher than that. They'll have a few backing up from Origin. Uh, obviously, Cleary's still out, so that's that's a plus for, for the Knights, but it's really, really tough to score against the Panthers. Uh, the Roosters play Canberra and Sydney on the Sunday night following Origin, so there's a few days in between there. So you imagine that Teddy will probably play, he'll probably back up, and um, that's probably going to be a tough game. I mean, Canberra coming off a bye, well-rested, uh, don't have any Origin players, I'm pretty sure, so they'll be ready and raring to go. Guys, a very warm welcome to Gareth Wyatt from Seacle. Gareth, mate, welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. Thanks for having me, Tim. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast or the weekly rap podcast with Walsh Carlos for the last month or so, you would have heard me chatting about Gareth and his team at Seacle to help people out there struggling a little bit with their punting. Uh, first and foremost, foremost, I should say, Gareth, mate, you, you got in touch with us because you're a mad Supercoach fan. How's the side tracking so far this season? It's tracking okay. We started all right. We've um, I'm sitting at seven thousand four hundred ninety one. So I'm I'm in the top ten thousand. I'll probably have thirteen players this week. I'm, I'm going okay. Now, mate, I I was really keen to get you on the show this week because it's one thing for me to sit here and say that uh, try and get across to people that it's okay to reach out if you're having a bit of a a few problems with your punting. Mate, this is what you yourself and your team specialise in. So tell us a little bit about what Sequel is all about. Well, the program that we're looking at is we're really trying to help people um, that want to address, I suppose, their gambling. Um, it's a really hard target market, Tim, because for people that do recognise that they might have a bit of a gambling issue, to get people to actually take that brave step to actually speak up is is hard. It's challenging. So what we're trying to do is just help people to take that step. And I, my role is to try to help navigate the process of, you know, next steps to try to give them that help to try to address their gambling um, in their life and to try to reduce it, if not eliminate it, and and it can be done. It really is just that stigma of people sitting there listening and going, you know, this is me, but I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And you've said that everyone that reached out and everyone in your experience, they get there and they go, 
this process is so easy. It's such a lovely team. Mate, I know you. You're a lovely bloke. And they go, why didn't I do this earlier and take that step? Yeah, it's look, the people that have reached out or emailed me or, or contacted me. I think I'm, first and foremost, I'm a football fan. So to talk, you know, who do you follow? How does your super coach go? To get that rapport with someone is fantastic. And then once you actually start talking about it, about why they've you know reached out to me, everyone that I've spoken to so far, a few weeks, you know, down the track have said that they're glad they've done it. There's no mm. one that's turned around and said that they wish they hadn't have. And people have said that they were surprised how easy it's been. So I've just got full of admiration the people that actually do make that step to actually reach out. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a wonderful thing. So there's certainly help at hand. Mate, if people do want to get in touch, they're sitting here listening on, you know what, that's me who says, probably in that boat, but I don't want to take the step. How do they do it and how do they get in contact with you? I've taken your advice, Tim, and I've opened up a, an Instagram account. So <laughs> if, if you look it up, CCAL uh, Gambling. So CCAL Gambling on Instagram, you can add me, you can direct message me and get in touch. Um, or you can email me direct at work, which is Gareth, G-A-R-E-T-H, dot w at ccal c-e-c-a-l dot org dot au and i'll be sure to reply direct to you look forward to hearing gareth thank you very much for coming on the show mate thanks tim real pleasure cheers okay on to the second game on super saturday and the eels took on the seagulls and they just dominated them really so para at combank are a pretty tough proposition there's some genuine home ground advantages uh, this year. You know, obviously you've got your Melbourne uh, and Cowboys, I feel like, have play a lot better at home as well. But I think Eels are one that play at home well. And I think the Warriors are becoming a little bit like that as well. So you've got to take that into consideration when you're looking at your super coach matchups uh, coming up for the coming week. I felt like the Seagulls were a bit lifeless. Uh they're a bit, I'd say manly, I'd put in the same category as Sharks. They're a bit downhill. And what I mean by that is when things are going their way, they can really pile on points like last week against the Dolphins. But when the momentum is against them, they really, really struggle. Um, you know, they don't probably have that top-end resilience that a team like uh, Penrith have and typify and probably the Broncos to a certain degree of, have shown that this year and and to a lesser degree the Warriors have shown it as well. So that's um, probably my knock on the Seagulls. Admittedly, they were down a lot of players, you know. So, yeah, like I said, I was tossing up before the game between Gutho and Manu and very, very happy that I went Gutho. 132, uh, Jay Schubert from Twitter projects that he will – rise 100k in value and he's got a projected be of negative 14 so massive two weeks for gutho and if you brought him in you'd be very very happy about that huge game from jermaine hopgood i think he's fairly well owned um yeah i actually traded him out at some stage this year and then got him straight back in because i realized you know he was going to be a player that you wanted to keep in the side particularly after all the injuries that the Eels sustained in the back row. So I got a try, plenty of work with and without the ball, 101 points. Probably the only other two relevant super coach scores were Joshy Schuster, 44 on upgrade. So he, he was, I think, around about 30, mid-30s before upgrade. So to get to 44 is pretty solid 
for Schuster, and I think a lot of people would have played him because they've got him in in there as that jewel, and he's still in their squad, but obviously not a bloke that you'd look to play in a full round of NRL. And Garrick, 20, very, very low for him, but not surprising considering he's playing in that centre role now. They got pumped by the Eels, and uh, there's no DCE feeding him those long balls, but... He's a hold for mine. You've got to hang on to Garrick and ride him through the good and bad times. Okay, main game on Super Saturday. The Storm taking out a win against the Tigers, 28 points to six. I feel like the biggest thing in this this whole game, which was a fairly dour affair, I guess, in, in, the, in relation to the fact that the Tigers couldn't score points, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but was a try from Alex Twal. So, yeah, it was good to see the big fella get over for that try and just the reaction of um, the Tigers and the whole crowd. And there was a period there afterwards where you felt like, hang on, they might just springboard off this and and um, they could cause a massive upset. But unfortunately, their defensive deficiencies on their left side defence, they just got absolutely skinned um, by the Storm's right side attack and also just the impotence in attack. They they could get the ball down into good positions. They could create opportunities. Uh but their half their halves, um, yeah, they're playing with makeshift halves and that's making it really, really tough. And it's gonna be tough for the rest of the year for, for the Tigers, or at least until they they maybe get like I think Brooks brings a little bit to them, obviously he can kick. He's not a ball player as such, but his running game threatens as well. But, yeah, they, they're going to struggle a little bit. The Storm seem to have um, really righted the ship after what, you know, Craig Bellamy referred to as a putrid performance against the Cowboys in Townsville. So they had that big win at home against the Sharks. Now this is a solid win without, obviously, Munster and Grant, a couple of their better players. Um, yeah, and I just had written down here the Tigers just – they tried hard, but they've just got no ability to capitalise on opportunities because of their half situation at the moment. Uh, and obviously, uh, Appy Coruscant out. I thought Young Simpkin went pretty well, but, um, you know, Appy creates a lot around the ruck. Have a look at a few of the scores. Will Warbrick, 131. Obviously, a massive game, scoring all those tries. Jerome Hughes, which he was a – he was brought in by a number of super coaches. He provides that serious alternative to the Nico and Cleary combination. Obviously, with Cleary out, I think a lot of people have looked for that alternate player and they've turned to either Jerome Hughes and SJ or both, Uh, and both of them are pretty much delivering at the moment. I know a number of people went Moses and capitalised on what he did last week and then I'm just wondering, did they burn another trade or were they happy to sit him out for origin and just go with... Uh, Nico there so it's an interesting one but yeah Jerome Hughes got a 90 Uh, he's going to go up 50k in price and he's going to have a negative one BE so this is probably the run that we've been waiting for him to go on now Melbourne are in a bit of form Um, they're finding a few teams that are struggling a little bit so we'll see how they go Nelson Asafa Solomona, he teases you. You know, you think, oh, yes, he had a chance to bring him in. He was playing on the edge again, even though they named him in the front row. But just a 50. So nothing to get overly excited about there from Nelson. Uh, I'll just check that he didn't update to anything 
much better than that. But uh, when I last looked at him, he was 50, actually downgraded to 47. So Nick Meany um, upgraded from under 50 to 58. So that's solid for Meany. couple there that sort of piqued my interest was obviously Sean Bloor, 92. It's, you know, like common sense-wise, now is probably not the time to be bringing in Tigers but he could be a great pot option. I mean, they're going to hit the edges. That's just the way they play. And he seems to have won that spot on the left edge, I believe. Uh, and then they're playing uh, IPAP on the right edge. So, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's been a player that's been touted for a long time. And his last two weeks have just shown probably some of the potential that he has. Like last week he got 50, playing 72 minutes. This week, obviously, the 92. Yeah, I mean, 92 without a try is, is nothing to sneeze at. A couple of line breaks in there. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i, 83. So really happy as as the person that brought him in, in the, about a, three or four weeks ago. So he hasn't really been punching out those big scores, but this is more of what, of what we expect of him. And I just I don't know why, but I just feel like he could finish the season averaging these type of scores. He's looking to get more involved. He's more confident in the players around him. Uh, you know, he's starting to break a few tackles, offload. Yeah, I think IPAP is a serious consideration for those looking for a second row forward. Johnny Bateman, 59, that was solid. He looked like he's getting a bit frustrated there. Nearly got into a blue with Nelson, but, yeah, 59. I think, you know, he's going to be a, there and thereabouts around 55 to 65 every week, and then if he can tack on any sort of attacking points, then it could push him up to 70, 80. So I think he's a really solid player. Uh, Simkin, he was the most traded in player this week. I think I saw that somewhere. So he got a 50. I think in that hooker position, he'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, whether he can keep it up, they seem to have given the young fella uh, that came off the bench a fair bit of time. So whether Sim- that, that hurts Simpkins scores, I'm not sure. Jareen Buller, 43. Okay, let's talk about this. So he's going to, according to Jay Schubert on Twitter, he is going to rise 15K in price. So that'll... Take him up to let's see what's he he's actually now he's six hundred and ninety one thousand five hundred so he'll go to seven hundred and five or seven hundred seven hundred and six thousand thereabouts uh, and he'll have a ninety seven break even so I think if you look at has he peaked well I mean I don't know if he's going to get much higher than that I mean he's got some great scores the last his last scores were last three scores were 124 111 95 so he's got them still in his average but i think yeah the break evens it's going to start to push up there and he's going to have trouble keeping his value so the question for you is whether you still stick with him and lose a bit of cash to get through the state of origin period or whether you look to go to a turbo or a teddy or someone who's more tried and true. I mean, he's done a great job. Like those people that have got on him from the start have, well, essentially after his price rise, they would have made over half a million uh, on Dream Buller, which is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I, I jumped on sort of 
well after the time that I should, but I'm glad I jumped on. I've, I've, I've got the last two or three weeks of scores. I think I got on him uh, after they had the bye. So I got the Canberra score and I got the Gold Coast score, but I might have missed out on the North Queensland score. But I've seen enough in that game to think that, you know, I need to get him. So, yeah, I think from that point of view, it is probably time to cash out if you've got someone that you know is going to go well and better to go to. Probably don't go to someone who's a bit of an injury risk. If you need money, um, you could probably downgrade to, I mean, Ponga's there. I don't think Ponga's sort of that highly priced. So you could probably go to Ponga. But, yeah, certainly Jareem Buller, it's been a great run. But given all all the troubles that the Tigers have got, it would be probably unrealistic to expect him to keep punching out those scores around about 100. So take that into consideration moving forward. Okay, last game of the round was today and the Sharks, 48 points to 10 winners over the Bulldogs. Jeez, um, my thoughts from the game. The biggest thing that stood out to me was really, yeah, Nico Hines. He's out of form. I mean, said like from a super coach point of view, you wouldn't be unhappy at all. I mean, his score was 129. And if you look at what's traditionally happened with Nico, like that's probably going to be closer to 150 because he seems to find some unicorn points wherever he goes. And that's probably the main reason I just rushed him back in because I just felt like against the Bulldogs, even if he was going to have a down game, like his down game against the Storm, I think, upgraded to about 43 or 44, which is, geez, if that's your worst score, it's not too bad. But, yeah, he was throwing forward passes. He He's going way too lateral for mine. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I didn't really like him as an option for State of Origin. I feel like the line speed just wouldn't suit his game because he needs more time. He needs a lot of time to get the ball in space. And what's happening is teams are starting to really rush him and that's causing him to, you know, throw these balls under pressure that, are, you know, like they're either forward passes or they're just passes that put the ball carry under a lot of pressure because when you're moving sideways, you don't, you not, don't really have that option to, you know, to run, straighten up and run. So he needs to get to the outside of players before he can do that. And then, and in those instances, generally, you've got to be fairly tired. So, yeah, Nico, 129 in saying that. A lot of people were considering whether they were going to loop Gutho. Really a non-factor if you loop Gutho. There's one point in it with updates to come. Uh, Joey Manu, 117. Yeah, not a huge difference there if you loop that. I think that's probably a pretty decent decision. Um, pretty safe decision there. So, you know, you take the points that were there. So, but yeah, Nico, geez, I, like for a 48 to 10 scoreline and how dominant they were, you imagine if he was in form, he could, he would have gone well over 200, in my opinion. He's just, he's just an accumulator of super coach points. He really is. So, um, I just felt like the Bulldogs, they just had, a lot of kids out there, you know, the withdrawal of Burton to go into the Origin squad as 18th man really hurt him because he's a leader of that club now. Um, and the Sharks, like I said before, with Manly, like they are flat-track bullies. Like they, when they've got a side that's weaker, 
and they're on a roll, they will just roll through you. And their pack is really strong. I mean, I think they had five middle forward score tries. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a game before. So I think moving forward, what we take from that game is you've got to really pay close attention to the matchups of who's playing the Bulldogs and who's playing the Tigers as well a little bit. So those two teams are really starting to struggle. It's getting to the last sort of section of the season and there could be some scores put up against them. So when you're looking at your super coach side, whether you're going to play or sit certain players or who you're going to go as a pod captain or a VC, yeah, have a look at those matchups and, if they're favourable, they might be the ones to lean towards. Yeah, so looking at a few of the other scores, uh, Braley, I thought uh, Blake Braley was really good. 77, it seems a bit low because he, he set up a few tries there. Um, could he be another hooker option? I don't think they're going to get the Bulldogs every week, so I would probably say no, but uh, he definitely played well today. Uh, Britton Nicara. So I brought him in this week. I was tossing up between him and Mulatalo and and probably Manu. Like, I mean, if I was super critical of my trades this week, I probably could have brought in Manu instead of Nicara. But I don't mind Nicara going forward. He's running good lines on that edge um, off Nico. That was a pretty weak try but uh, in terms of defensively. But hopefully he upgrades a little bit from the 76. Maybe, you know, gets picks up a few points here and there, gets above 80. Yeah, but pretty happy with Britton Nicara. Reed Marnie, 67. So you'd ha- you couldn't be unhappy with that if you're a Reed Marnie owner. Mulatalo, 66. I mean, I think he would be slightly disappointed with that because he got a couple of line breaks, but they got called back for forward passes. They just couldn't get it right on that left hand side. Uh, and Jacob Preston, 46. I mean, that's solid. Uh, for mine, he's a hold, but if someone else comes into calculations that looks a bit better, maybe you'll upgrade. Um, Preston to someone else uh, in the last section of the season. I mean, he's 595000 going into this week, so there's a lot of money there, but he has been delivering pretty solid scores. I mean, you have a look at his last five scores. He's had before this week 86, 50, 62, 60, 90, and he tends to jag a try here and there. He's a player of the future. So the Sharks and the Dogs have the bye next week, and I think that comes at a good time for both of them. So we'll see how they return after the bye. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the five games. No weekly thoughts from Desi Creek. He's on the road. Uh, But he did send through a question for me. So he said, is Cameron Munster or Harry Grant the higher priority target for trading? Yeah, cracking question, Desi. My first thought when you sent this question through was Grant because there's not a lot of decent hookers, you know, mm-hmm. whereas 5'8", you have Cody Walker. Now you have Ponga as an option. So, And, you know, upon further thought of it, I do think Grant is probably the high-priority target, but it all depends on, you know, who's backing up from State of Origin. At the moment, for super coaches, it's really good that, Harry Grant doesn't play full games in State of Origin because I reckon it'd be really tough for him to back up uh, for for Melbourne. But with him sharing the role with Benny Hunt, like Benny Hunt normally takes the first 25 to 30 minutes of the game and then Harry Grant plays it out, I think that's really helping Grant's ability to back up after these um, 
these State of Origin games. Okay, that's all we've got for the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap this week. Catch you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.